Well, hello there, Vic Grace Vineyard. Thank you so much for joining us this morning for our next step in the book of Matthew chapter 6. Now, before we jump in and take on today's verse, I like to always just kick stuff off with a little a little game, a little bit of frivolity just to sh- sharpen our minds and instincts. So I'm sure you're all familiar with Where's Wally? Where's Wally is where you're given a massive picture which has lots of stuff going on in it and you have to find this chap here this guy here in his stripy jumper uh let's see if you can find him i'll give you 30 seconds let's see if you can find him the winner gets my respect go can you see where is wally where is he hiding can you see the man with his stripy jumper and his white stripes and his red and white bobble hat somewhere in this confusing, busy picture of life. I'll give you a few more seconds. And I'm going to say stop now. You may have seen, you may not have seen him. He's just above that stripy red towel right in the center of the picture. Just look slightly above that. And that's where Wally is hiding. That is where he is. Now, the reason why I thought I would kick off with Where's Wally, apart from the fact I really do love Where's Wally books. I love them as a child and they're pretty fun and cool. Is Today, we're going to be talking about another where, I guess, which is where are your treasures? Where are your treasures stored? Where are your treasures hiding? What are your treasures? Are they in heaven? Are they on earth? Are they in a mix of both of these places? That's the great question which sort of kicks off Matthew 6, 19 to 34. And I'm going to be splitting Matthew 19 to 34, you'll see in a moment, into two key sections because in one part you have Jesus tackling the issue of our priorities, our treasures. And in another you're going to hear him talk about the wonders of God's provision. You're going to be seeing how these two concepts, these two ideas intermingle, where we put our priorities invariably show, you know, where we expect to get our provision from. So let's jump into the text and start reading it now. Treasures in heaven. That's the first heading to this first part. So do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, where Wally is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is a lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Then the second part of this now, when Jesus is talking about provision. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life and why do you worry about clothes look at the the flowers of the field and how they grow do they not labor or spin 
Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So that's my opening question to you, Grace Vineyard, today is where is your treasure? Where is your treasure in this life? Where is your treasure? What are the th- where are the things that you value most? What are the things that you value most? What are your priorities? Now, I don't need to really know each and every one of you intimately. I don't need to even know some of you at a shallow level to probably work out many for many of you. And I'm speaking to myself before speaking to any of you. This is where our priorities are. This is where our treasure is really, if we think about it, because it says where your treasures are, that's where your heart is. And I think most of us, if we're being brutally honest, know that this is what we think on and worry about and build towards and order our lives around. It could be things such as our career. Many of us, if you're still, if you're not a retiree, are probably very much into our jobs because that's where we spend most of our time. Trying to build a career, trying to acquire the skills to improve um, ourselves in our career so that we can rise to a certain level. For others, it might be your reputation. You want to be thought of of someone in your community of a high standing. You want to be popular. You want to be liked. You want to be a people pleaser. That's a phrase we hear often. Some of you, your treasure is your family. You'll do anything for your family. You cannot imagine, you know, you do not want your, whether it's working hard so as to support your family, whether it's just simply loving your family. Everything is around your children. You love them dearly. You want them to be safe. You want them to be looked after. You want them to have the best life or even a better life than you had. Your family is everything. That's actually a phrase I see a lot. Family is everything. Maybe it's money. I mean, that's the common one. That's the one that we see quite a lot portrayed in the Bible. That's the thing that Jesus Jesus talks about here when he says you can't serve God or money. But I'd like to broaden money, you know, broaden our priorities out beyond money. But it's still a key one. We do all think about money a lot. We think about money when it comes to our salaries. We think about money because it helps us, frankly, live and survive. If we don't have enough money, we cannot pay the bills. We cannot pay our mortgages. We cannot pay back our debts. Money is a big thing. And even if it's not something that we think drives us, you know, we don't get out of bed and say, I want more money today. It is really, if we're being honest, it really is like that kind of backbone to everything in life. If you don't have money, you can't have a career, do things. You can't have a happy family. Or maybe it's personal comfort. Now, these things are things which aren't so obvious. You might say to yourself, well, Johnny, you know, I don't really want to live a life of luxury. You know, I can't I don't want to just I'm not building my life to go live on the beach or live somewhere remotely where, you know, but we do, you know, those kind of things, grandiose ways of spending our money and building lives, you know, might not be for us. But I'm sure all of us do value personal comfort and security. We don't want to be rocked by the the winds and, and terrible things that can happen in this life. We value personal comfort we might not buy the most expensive you know gifts and and products in this life but we do want a certain level of comfort none of us wants to be on um you know wooden or concrete chairs you know we want really comfy chairs and of course relationships and other things all of these things in a way i'm sort of you know 
saying I'm saying what we all know instinctively these are really very much our treasures and the Bible has another word for treasures and priorities right or priorities is the word it's a word called idols and that's a word I just want you to think on a little bit because you may look at those things and you may not think that you know we think about idols and we think about the golden calf in the old testament or we think about other false religions and we, we, but we don't tend to think of our families as idols. We don't tend to think about our first home as an idol or build or our careers as idols. You know, these are good things. Families are not bad things. They're blessings and housing and safety are gifts from the Lord and a career. The Bible speaks a lot about working hard and earning your keep if possible. Um, these are all good things and good blessings. But if these become the, our priorities, if these become, if our families, if our homes if our lives if money in our bank account becomes the thing that occupies our thoughts and our actions each and every day then they become idols an idol doesn't always necessarily have to look as sort of um doesn't have to come upon you as like a false religion or a, or a golden calf it can be subtle things as the good gifts of god anything which is taking our affection away from the lord anything that is making us appreciate the gifts more than the giver of those gifts are an idol they're a rival to the affection of the Lord. Now, I don't think we come into this world, especially as Christians, and say, right, I'm going to go and worship uh, something that's rival to the Lord. I, don't, I think if we ever said it aloud, we'd not want that to happen. We know that God should be and first and foremost in our lives. But very subtly, those other things, career, relationships, personal comfort, personal security, popularity, start to ebb in they start to ebb in and become the main driver for what we do and why we do it. And I think it's helpful to understand, even though we don't sit there and say, right, I'm now going to start worshipping money or I'm going to start worshipping my career. We'd never say it like that. I think it is helpful to try and understand why we as Christians can sometimes have these other competing priorities to the Lord, how we can start putting our trust and our faith in these other rival gods, in these other little gods, in these other priorities, these other rivals. And first and foremost, I think it's a, a purpose issue, right? And it's something we'll be looking at in a moment in the second half of this text is purpose. We start to give priority to these things because they give us purpose. If you're a parent, your family gives you purpose because everything you do now isn't now just you as as an individual you're now a dad which means you therefore your purpose is looking after and providing for your children if you're a mother your purpose is looking after and providing for your children other idols though can be like things like control we might actually want we tend to worship our careers we tend to put a lot of time into our careers because careers give us money and money gives us control if you have money then all the things that can happen in this life don't worry so much because you know that you've got some money coming in which helps you prepare for a rainy day so it gives you control a lot of our idols a lot of our priorities are because we think if we put a ton of time into our effort into our careers a ton of effort into our jobs then we can control the future for others it's more a, it's a self-image issue how we see ourselves the reason why we want relationships the reason why we put a lot of time towards things which give us public standing is because it reflects well on us it gives us a sense of not quite purpose but something a little different I mean is worth or value you know we feel valuable we feel useful and that's why we apply ourselves and make them our priority that's why we put our treasures in these you know we consider these things our certain treasures 
And then finally, I think simply and probably more brutally and understandably is simply all those things help meet our needs. We know if we work hard, like I said, we have money, then money can buy you food, money can buy you clothing, money can buy you security and a safe house and a nice environment. That's why we start to drift towards these idols. None of us gets up in the morning and says, right, I want to make my family a competitor to the Lord. But this is what happens to each and every one of us, whether it's career, whether it's reputation, whether it's um, security, or whether it's, um, you know, reputation. These are some of the drivers and the reasons why our hearts can find our treasures in these other things and not the Lord. But here's the issue with these treasures, with these priorities, with these idols. First of all, none of them are built to give us these things. They will not last forever. In fact, they can, as Jesus says here, they can be broken into and stolen. All of these treasures, all of these things that we can put all of our affection and all of our time and all of our monies into and all of our efforts will ultimately one day break down. And they may break down in the sense that, you know, take, for example, relationships. You can you can want to, and I'm sure many of you are parents can appreciate this, right? You could do your best for your children and you can try hard, but they'll always be, they'll always turn back. Even the best relationship, there'll always be a bit of friction with your children, even no matter how hard you work for them, no matter how hard you sacrifice your own wants and desires for them, your children will, and I, I'm sure, you know, I don't want to open up wounds, but I'm sure you can all think of incidents where your children have not appreciated what you've done for them and where things have broken down. And even though you might say, you know, I've given up my career to look after you, many parents have had to do that. You have children who don't appreciate that. My point being is these things diminish, these things which, you know, the perfect family does not exist, that will break down. Your careers can be taken from you in a blink of an eye. Your careers can be broken into and stolen from, as Jesus says, these, these thieves which you're storing up, you know, the perfect career where you're going to work hard, get an education, take all the right diplomas and, and exams. Your career can be wiped out from you in a moment. What about your reputation? Well, the, the self-same people who hold you in high regard, frankly, one moment, will in another moment, for reasons completely out of your control, suddenly see you as nothing and will backbite against you and say horrible things about you and will basically not care for you or just move on. All these things are transient, all these treasures, all these priorities, even though they seem really important right now, even though they seem like such a source of wealth and security and help right now, Jesus, Jesus says ultimately they will be taken from you. They will be destroyed either by your own actions or by things outside of your control. They will be stolen and taken away from you. A second thing that Jesus has to say about your priorities, your career, your reputation, your personal security and your comfort is that if you look to them, your whole body will be full of darkness. And it's a, you know, it's a strange and quite a quite a brutal thing to think about. But I also think it's actually really interesting. I think one of the things which I love about Jesus might be a little segue. Bear with me is Jesus isn't just here. Jesus, we've been conditioned, maybe let me frame it this way, we as humans in society, in this Western society that we're in now, we've been conditioned to think of certain things as good. We've actually been, it's actually quite against our thinking to think, wow, it could be bad to prioritise our family. Wow, it could be bad to pro not prioritise our careers or work hard or focus on building up and acquiring wealth. Jesus comes along, he doesn't just say, right, false gods are bad uh, or, um, you know, committing yourself to golden calves is bad he also says there are other idols there are other things you need to be wary of that in your society you've been trained to think are good and are okay 
And you have Jesus here saying, and I hope you're tracking why I'm saying that, because you have Jesus here saying, even things that you thought of as okay, as fine, as permissible, as all right to order your life around, if they consume you, if they become the things you look to, if you are not, as it says, I think in Hebrews, fix your eyes on Jesus, if you're fixing your eyes on your career, if you're fixing your eyes on pleasing your family, if you're fixing your eyes on making sure that your friends are always happy with you and men always speak well of you, your body will be full of darkness. And that's really counterintuitive. That's really against what we're trained from when, the, when we begin, when we from birth, which is to work hard, acquire lots of wealth, raise a good morally upstanding family. All of these things, the Lord says, if that becomes your main thing, if that becomes your main priority, your whole body will be full of darkness. So it's not just drinking lots of alcohol. It's not just lots of illicit sex. It's not just being a sinner and hanging out in dens of thieves. Even good things, good gifts, if you look to them, things such as a career and the ability to make money, if you look to them, if they become your primary driver, if they become your priority, your treasure, your whole body will be full of darkness. Wow. And then finally, we see why that is. Why that is, because God says, not only are these things not God, right? Not only are they in themselves not God, but you also can't serve both of them at the same time. So not only are you running after a faulty God, you can't, uh, not, if you run after that faulty God, it means you're not looking after the, looking to the true thing, which is, you know, God, our father. So that you have something where it says you'll not be, you can't be devoted to one and love the other. And if you are devoted to one, then you're not going to love the other. And of course, as we all know, as I've been trying to sort of impress upon us is each of us have our, our idol, we each have our priority and it's not the Lord. And that's as much to me, I'm not just saying this to beat us all over the head, as it is for each and every one of us. So then what is Jesus's antidote to this? What does the Lord have to say about this state of affairs where he's we're talking, we've just talked about our priorities? And we've seen that naturally, instinctively, they're not set on Jesus. They're not set on the Lord, excuse me. And he says, basically, stop and don't worry. Stop it. Forget about it. Right. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Remember that little quadrant I showed you? Don't worry about your needs. Don't worry about your purpose. Don't worry about your value. Don't worry about your can't remember what the, the fourth one was, but we'll go back to that in a second. It, he literally says, therefore, don't worry. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how will he not much more clothe you, Grace Vineyard, you of little faith? I'm not saying, I'm not saying Grace Vineyard is of little faith, I meant the first you. How much more will he clothe you uh, of little faith? So do not worry saying what will, shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. The disbelievers, the non-believers run after all these things. Those who are concerned with the material things and the carnal things, right? The, non the non-renewed for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them so god already knows but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well therefore don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well 
So what will be given to you? Well, first of all, if you seek after the Lord first, not your career, not your family, not your personal security, you're going to get purpose. Matthew 6, 5. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? We are more than our material needs and our earthly concerns. And that's huge. And it's very easy to say that in a sermon, you know, when you're meant to just present the good, the ideal. But when you have a life, when you have mortgages battering down at you, you have friction with your neighbours, perhaps you and your spouse aren't having a good time right now. It's very easy to say, don't worry. But that's what the Lord counsels. The Lord says, do not worry. Your life is worth more than any of those things, worth more than good relationships, worth more than acquiring wealth worth more than your career you have a greater purpose now hear me clearly i'm not saying your purpose negates those other things those other things are important those other things in many cases are primary but they all have to be seen in context of your greater purpose so they're not wrong it doesn't mean you negate these things it doesn't mean you neglect them but you see them in light of your higher purpose so your higher purpose I'm worried about saying higher purpose sounds a little bit like one of those kind of like new age gurus but I think you know what I mean our real purpose is right is loving the Lord our God being in fellowship with the Lord seeking first him and bringing forth the kingdom going to make disciples doing all those things reflecting the church to non-believers and in light of that I'd suggest to you Grace Vineyard all these other things can be seen right so you, you don't your career isn't your primary thing in life but your career as a vehicle to honour the Lord and to glorify him is. And the same for your family. Your family isn't, your family's health and well-being and making sure that your child has the best shoes and that your daughter gets into the best school um, is are all good and noble things, but they're in the context of what's pleasing to the Lord, what's honouring to the Lord. Are these decisions which make Christ look great or are they decisions which make your family look great? All things to think about, but we have a higher purpose. And, and my, I guess my counsel to you as much as me is, is always thinking with these priorities that you have, see them through a heavenly and godly lens. Do they bring, bring glory to the Lord or are you thinking about yourself? Are you thinking about others but not the Lord? The Lord is number one. Second of all, the Lord you know, provides worth. That's really where we get our value from. You remember I spoke about earlier about how you know, with our reputation and our social standing, that can often be a priority, wanting to be seen as a good person, wanting to be loved by all. But people's opinions, as I said before, are fleeting. People, people, people's, people will blow hot or cold no matter what you do for them. People's opinions, actually, and I, I don't mean this in a rude way, like you should be rude to people or not care for them, but their opinions don't really add up to much. Most people don't, can't even keep a consistent opinion of themselves, let alone you. So after a point, you have to really wonder, what is the value of man? Is it man's praise where you get your worth, or is it God? And it says here, God feeds it says here it talks about the birds these beautiful you know creatures in fact i'm looking at pigeons right now outside P pigeons aren't so beautiful but you know what i mean right you have all these kind of animals flying around and the lord looks after them and the point jesus is saying is you're much more you're a trillion times more valuable if, than these birds and you want to know how you're valuable it's not said in this passage but it's by ultimately what jesus who's talking today would do for you 
for you listening to this today is if, if you don't believe Jesus talking in the Sermon on the Mount about how valuable you are, look at what Jesus does in a few chapters time when he goes and suffers sin, you know, suffers the weight of our sin on the cross where he dies for each and every one of us so that we can have an everlasting relationship with God the Father in his kingdom and with the Holy Spirit in us. We are worth so much more. Do not worry about these things, like about the birds, about mortgages. I'm not saying neglect your mortgage. I don't want this son to be a license to just cast off everything. But my point I'm trying to impress upon you is our worth is not from our priorities. God is the one who gives us worth. God has demonstrated this. These aren't just empty words by sending his only son to die for us whilst we were still sinners. Then you have control. And this is the thing that we get. If we seek God first, if we love God first, this is something which I've always found very heartening in good times and bad times is God is in control. By worrying, by putting our efforts into other things like our career and money and seeking personal security and comfort, that can make going through life easier and more pleasurable, but it can't add a single hour to our life. And one of the things I've always found encouraging, as I was just saying through it all is, God's in control. When bad things happen, when we're when we're visited by pain and tragedy, God's in control. And when we're having the best days of our life, best day of our life, God is in control. God orders as and is in charge of everything. Now it's sometimes really hard to say and see, right, did God control that or was that me and my thinking? What part of it is my actions versus God? But throughout scripture we see that the Lord is sovereign, the Lord is in control. Even though that doesn't negate our personal responsibility. God allows things to happen. God shapes things to happen. Even when things happen, God shapes it into other things for his pleasure and for his goodness. And the reason why I say all of that is you can sit there and try and say, OK, if I work harder, I'll have some money and that can help me with my health in future. But it's God who knows what's going to happen to you in the future, whether you're going to have a heart attack or have a really perfect, pristine life. You can try and use your kind of earthly wisdom to try and build prudently for the future. But it's the Lord who's in control and God is good. And I think if you really appreciate that God is good and that will really release a lot of the anxiety and stress and pressure which makes us prioritize some of these other things you know trying to build a career trying to acquire lots of wealth trying to do x y or z for our families frankly as it says here and as the Lord counsels us throughout this part of scripture worrying is of no use there's no point worrying there's no point pursuing these priorities out of worry trying to get money, trying to get health, trying to get personal comfort, because none of it will add a single hour to our life. It is God who decides how long our life will be and how it is to be lived and what it will be like. And if we're with him, only good things can happen and even bad things can be turned for good. And then finally, what do we get if we sort of, if we, you know, if we seek, you know, if we prioritise God first, well, we get our needs met. We get our needs met. We get purpose. We get control. We get value. And if we put God first, we get our needs met as well. As it says here, why are you worried about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field. Do they not toil? Do they not spin? So if God clothes, I'm just going to skip ahead. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown in the furnace, how much will he not more clothe you? Now, I know each of us, any of us here on the, you know, listening to this today, all have different incomes, different income levels, different income pressures. Some of us are reasonably well off, some of us are very well off, some of us it goes up and down depending and we don't know where sometimes where the next paycheck will come. I want to say this gently and sensitively is that all of us, no matter our current situations, I'm not saying they're perfect, 
are very well off when you compare to some of other people around the world in other countries. We are very well off if you have the internet, if you have a mobile phone, if you have a watch, and if you have a very nice flask, I'll say quite simply, our needs have been met. The Lord has given you means to communicate, the means to meet with your church family today. We are safe. None of us are in wherever we're meeting, even if we're in a small, not very pleasant, you know, house or home or whatever. If you can meet today with your church family, if you have eyes to hear, if you can see each one another and you have internet and you can join us today, we are blessed and God has met our needs. Now, that doesn't mean we're not without pressures and they're not other things which are continually adding stress but the Lord does keep us clothed I don't think any one of us if if I'm being a little bit not silly but just has ever been naked since you know since we were like you know four weeks old we've had clothing each of us have had clothing now it might have been clothing we've had to borrow from some people or secondhand clothing the Lord has clothed us we've all had food it might not be the best food it might be very cheap food it might not be as much food as we want but the Lord has met our food needs And so on and so on. And I think that's what I really want to impress upon us. So easily in this world, we can look to others and say, I want more. I want a bigger car. I want a bigger home. I want a healthier family. I want, you know, all these things. We always want, 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 want. And we don't look and just see simply at its baseline, the Lord has given us all we need. The Lord has given us all we need right now. Now, it's not wrong to aspire. It's not more bad to work harder for things. But we have to really really and each and every one of us no matter our current and situation just stop and say thank you lord thank you lord that i can wear this hoodie thank you lord i have a cup of tea thank you lord i have electricity thank you lord i can see we have had our needs met and and jesus is right i mean that's not a surprise but it's really like we can trust the lord if we have clothes today we're not going to suddenly be naked tomorrow we might have to change our jobs we might have to do some stuff which we feel is beneath us or demeaning to us life isn't perfect but the lord always meets our needs and that should be a huge comfort the lord it will meet our needs and i think that brings us just to my final exhortation which is really this wonderful part which i think we all know from this verse which is seek first his kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well and i really like this because like i said the heart is an idol maker and it's really hard to just sever our career sever our family set you know cut ourselves off from these things and say right i'm just going to look at the lord only we know that's what we should do but it's very hard what i really love about this is jesus says look you know what jesus is saying is look these things are really valuable they're beautiful things they're great gifts from the lord you follow the lord first you're not gonna have to leave them behind you'll be given these will be given to you as well and i'm sure each and every one of us and perhaps during testimonial time sorry but before i breakout time we can all talk about examples where we've sought first god first not our careers not our personal pleasures not our personal security and we've had these other things that we our previous things that we wanted our careers money family security relationships given to us as well all of us can attest to that and maybe what i'd suggest is so that's just something i just want us to think about if we god doesn't just say seek first his kingdom and his righteousness full stop there's a really nice and here, which is all the stuff you wanted, if we're being honest, right? Because we all want those things, right? Careers and money and, and, and those treasures we talked about earlier. They will be given to you as well. These things will be given to you as well. So I think maybe in our groups now, so I th- that really just brings me to a close of what I just want to say here. This is just seek first his kingdom. Just seek first his kingdom. What that is for you personally, what that is for us corporately and his righteousness and you'll get all the other stuff. So I hope you find that really encouraging. That's a real thing that we should drill into ourselves Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Look first to God, 
then all the things we want, I don't mean want in like a, you know, like a acquisition, you know what I mean, but like all, the, all these other good gifts will follow necessarily. The Lord says it and it's true. So what I would suggest now is just as an opening question, I don't have, uh, as an opening question for our breakout groups would be, first of all, it'd be really wonderful to just hear your examples when we break out into um, into breakout groups of where have you, where have you seeked first, sought first his kingdom and righteousness, and then found other blessings lavished upon you. Tell other people in your breakout group examples of this happening where you've kind of forsaken your kind of earthly minded treasures and you've gone after the Lord and then you've had a great blessing after. That kind of stuff really blesses each other. So do please first of all give examples of that. Then as a second question, should have written this down, um, as a second question, give ex- uh, if you're comfortable talking in your group please do give examples of how of um other of how you need to in future be seeking first his kingdom and then thirdly if you wouldn't mind telling people what are your earthly treasures what are some of the areas which if you're being honest and this is a real transparency aspect talk about what some of your priorities are which you really would like to to change is it your family or are you consumed by your excuse me by your job so three things. First of all, where have you, maybe the other way around, let's do it this way. Question one, I'm sorry guys, I'm making this up on the spot. So question one, uh, what are examples of earthly treasures that you have, that you have, which you're battling with, which are probably really good, but maybe taking your focus away from the Lord? Number two, what are some real or practical examples of um, of where you could or want to be seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness? How do you do that? How do you seek first your king, you know, God's kingdom and righteousness? What does that mean to you? Share that with the group. And then number three, where are examples where you have sought first his kingdom and righteousness and then seen all these other earthly treasures added to you? I think that's it, guys. So I hope you're all writing that down and paying attention. Thank you so much.